Star Wars 7x7 episode 2186 today, an interview with Cole Horton, the author of, among many other books, Star Wars The Book of Lists. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So you heard me talk about the Book of Lists earlier this week when it came out and we had the review here. Well, I had the chance to talk to Cole Horton and funnily enough, this is uh, Cole's, oh gosh, fourth or fifth time on the show. But every time it's been a one question interview that's been conducted at Star Wars Celebrations, this time we were able to have a much longer conversation. So you're going to hear all about the process of creating the book of lists, and you're also going to hear about how a book like this gets created when a movie is in process, like The Rise of Skywalker. So there's a lot of good, fun stuff in here, and Cole's knowledge of Star Wars is quite literally encyclopedic, so this is going to be some great fun. So... Without further ado, I will say thank you so much for joining me for this episode, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be, and let's jump into the conversation with Cole Horton, author of Star Wars, The Book of Lists. Cole Horton, thank you so much for joining me on Star Wars 7x7. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to talk with you, and as I was saying before we started recording, to actually talk with you long form, as it were. Yeah, I feel like every time I see you, I only get to see you for a minute. Yeah. Literally. And then and then we're off again. Exactly. Uh, so, no, this is great. And I think this will be maybe your fourth time on the show, actually, as I think it's been three different celebrations that I've gotten to interview you and do the one question thing. Oh, wow. Has it been that many? They all kind of run together. I think I've been been to 10 celebrations now um wow and you know was planning on the 11th but of course uh, that big news i don't know if you covered that on the show uh it's a bummer but understandable that we're not going to be able to uh do this there but good thing we can do it here instead yeah absolutely and i'm sorry that we won't get to talk about your book in person there but we'll at least get to talk about it here both your books actually but right now we're here to talk about the book of lists which is coming out on June 23rd, and that's very exciting. I have to say, yeah. when I first heard about the Book of Lists, I thought, oh, you know, this is going to be a light thing. Like, you know, there'll be some fun lists, and this will be a thing. This book is enormous. Like, this is it a is. tome. Was that yeah, it, the intention the whole time? I don't know what the intention <laughs> was. Like, like every book, they, they come to me with an idea. Right. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't pitch books. They, they come to me. The brief is already done. People way smarter and more strategic than me have already kind of figured out roughly what they want to do. Um, but this one came maybe with more of an empty slate than a lot of them. Oh. Sometimes I, I get a book brief and it it has page by page exactly what we're going to cover. And you're just kind of writing to spec there. Uh, this one was, hey, we want to do this thing about list. What do you think? And and funny enough, um, this book is not only the biggest book I think I've ever written, um, it's certainly been the longest in development. Mm. This book actually started back before Rogue One. So, you know, put your Whoa. put your mind back, what, 2016? Yeah. Um, this would have been like spring, summer 2016. And for, wow. uh, I don't know, whatever reason, it kind of got put on the back burner. But uh, me and the editor at the time, we had written um, – a rough idea of the 100 different lists we thought could be in there. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I think it was 
it was a little bit geared towards Rogue One as well. It was, you know, maybe more of a tie-in to that. So we you know, really were doubling down on that. Um, and then I guess last year they came back to me out of nowhere and said, hey, we're, we're ready to do this book. <laughs> and I had kind of forgotten about it. Um, so I, I got in the uh, the outline and kind of brushed it up a little bit and revised it because a lot had happened, right? Like we, you know, we've had Solo, we've had The Last Jedi, and we were gearing up, of course, for The Rise of Skywalker. And so I got in there and changed it up a little bit. And uh, I, I think I underestimated how big it was. Because, ah, okay. um, you know, yeah. Yeah, like, okay. It's it's you know, supposedly like 200 pages. I think it ended up more than that. We kind of went over a mm-hmm. um, hundred list. You think they're just kind of list, but they're not just like one word list, right? A right. lot of the list have um, information and, and text that goes with them to explain explain each item on the list. Most they of all them have a yeah, yeah. And I I don't know if I was supposed to do that, but I just started <laughs> writing. It's like, well, I I want that information in there. Uh, I like that context. Of course, they've all got images, so it's very visual, mm-hmm. um, which you know maybe you wouldn't you know, get from the title. And then um, every every one of them has a sort of parenthetical that explains where that item came from, like which film or films. And that little bit probably ended up taking the most amount of time. And I'm sure that's where I got stuff wrong, and people on Twitter are going to tell me all about it oh. because – it was little things, right? So like, let's say there's a list about languages. There is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a hypothetical at all. No. Uh, and, you know, I, I when I had it in my head, I'm like, okay, I'll just list all the cool different languages that show up, like Hatiz and, and uh, Shuriwook and all that kind of fun stuff. But then I realized, oh, no, I have to figure out every movie that that was ever spoken in. Mm-hmm. And that's actually much harder. You know, what, what films was Hatiz muttered in? And if it was like muttered just in the background, you've got to catch that. So, you know, that's the sort of thing you can't really do from memory. Right. And uh, so in some of these lists, I think I kind of wrote myself into a corner and only at the end did I realize how hard it would be. <laughs> and had I known better, I probably would have picked a different list. But <laughs> anyway, my my loss is the reader's gain, hopefully. So I know that when you have written for encyclopedic stuff in the past, my understanding is that there are certain areas that you have gravitated towards or that perhaps you have more of an affinity for, if you will. Um, was it like that when you were writing this? Like, were there certain sections where you were just blowing through it? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly have the things I like. Droids tend to be a specialty of mine, technology, that kind of thing. In this one, we couldn't be uh, too focused in any one area, though. And so it had to be sort of well-rounded. Not to say I couldn't sneak in some stuff that was just there out of my own personal whimsy. But, you know, I, I, I knew going into this I was going to have to write sort of a broad spectrum of stuff. I'll tell you the one that I've ended up doing a lot and I think has, like, worn me down the most, <laughs> and that's animals. Okay. Uh, all the different beasts and stuff like that. They're super important, right? I, I, you can make a real good case that Star Wars films are all kind of monster movies at at least one point. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it is important that we cover off on those and they're important to the world building. But, um, you know, I think like some of my previous you know, co-authors like Adam Bray, Adam is a much better sort of animal lover and writer than I am. And he gets really into the, like the zoological aspects of, of the universe. And uh, that's not really uh, my strong suit. But, you know, you uh, I, I know enough having done 12 or 13 of these things now to to make my way through it. Yeah. Um, 
It's been quite a lot. I will say, actually, one of the lists I enjoyed the most was actually the smallest animals list that you had there, which, of course, was one of the ones I imagine you had to come back to because it includes Babu Frick from The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, and that was interesting. So I wrote this book a year now. So um, what, it was five, six months before The Rise of Skywalker was even going to come out. Mm. It was still incredibly secret. And I knew just a little bit um, because of my, my day job, but I didn't know a lot. And when I was creating the outline, what I would do is create the list with all the items that we knew of already. And then I would just put a little placeholder in there and I'd, I'd use the code name and I'd be like, episode nine, question mark. <laughs> and then I would get the notes back and there'd usually be a, a little note in the margins from story group that would say like, indeed. Wow. Oh, cool. Wow. There's <laughs> going to be a, there's going to be a scavenger. There's going to be a new, I don't know what they were, but, uh, uh, they would give me just a little bit of a hint so that we knew leave a placeholder there. Mm-hmm. And then through the editorial process, either I would come back later and add those in or the editors at Lucasfilm or somebody at story group would just add those in for me. Um, so, which was great because obviously they know more, uh, than I could ever know, right? Especially story group sort of seeing everything long before it comes out. Mm-hmm. And so they were able to make sure that the important stuff was in there. Um, and even even the child, right? We needed, we needed old baby Yoda, as, as the world knows him, um, mm-hmm. to make sure like something like that was in there, even though the Mandalorian, of course, was incredibly sensitive and very secret. Right. So how do you decide or how does someone decide where to draw the line? For example, in particular you included the first ever live action series as part of the material that could be included in there but you could have also in theory gone into animation in theory could have gone into books and the comics and i mean how you know how do you draw the line in fact actually you do in one point like there are lists of other characters to know that are not in movie um in movie media for example but how does that get decided that was decided before I even got my hands on it. Ah. Like part of the original brief was this is going to be largely focused on the movies. Um, and so all the lists are generally pulled from those, uh, which is the occasional smatter. I think like, you know, the Mandalorian pops up, but just, just kind of briefly here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, all, all the animated stuff like the Clone Wars and Rebels and Resistance. Uh, and then even like books, comics, uh, video games, all that were originally out of scope entirely. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, like, even if this is for someone who is maybe more of that, like movie first fan, which we know is a thing, we know most people think of star Wars as a film franchise and that's yeah. kind of where they engage with it. Of course, mm-hmm. that's fair. But even if it is for those people, I think there are some characters and some stories outside of the films that need to be recognized at least. And if this is someone's first dipping into that, I want to at least give them something to start with. And that ended up being probably the toughest single list. Speaking of drawing lines is like, where do you draw the line? So it was going to be (laughs) one list of the most important, basically non-film characters. Mm -hmm. And so some are like pretty easy. You think, well, Ahsoka, needs mm-hmm. to be in there. She's been vital to multiple series and storylines has popped up so many places. Great. Thrawn's in that boat as well. Um, being a Star Wars video game person by day, <laughs> I wanted to make sure that my favorite characters from the EA Star Wars games were in there. So I yeah, make sure Aiden is in there and Cal Kestis from Jedi Fallen Order. Um, 
But then, you know, you start filling those out. You're like, okay, well, let's, who do we put from comics? Dr. Affler is probably a pretty good one there. But then you, then you start thinking like, well, what about triple zero? You know, like what about some of these other characters? And, and then before you know it, this list is so big. Right. Uh, and then you're like, oh, well, well, with Galaxy's Edge, we definitely need to mention some of the theme park characters. And Doc Ondar, of course, is, mm-hmm. is vital there. Like, and before you know it, the list is very long. Plus, again, you've got to have um, pictures. Right. And those take up space. And so with every photo that you want to include, now you're taken away from your word count. And, and that one was the hardest. And you kind of feel like you're choosing your favorite children. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's so hard and you don't want to. Um, but ultimately you have to. And that's why it is helpful to have editors who can, uh, you know, kind of keep you within the guardrails of what's appropriate. So the book doesn't look like complete uh, trash. You know, it's thrown together, like just too much stuff on a page. Uh, they're great about that. And I will say um, the Lucasfilm editorial team was, um, I think, pretty good about pushing for more. I think they wanted this to be as complete as it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, my original outline didn't have or didn't um, hit on the same character generally more than once. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, uh, Princess Leia has her own list. It's like it's like the second list or something like that. Right. It's right up near the front. And we, we focus on Princess Leia, and there's one for Han, and there's one for Luke. They have their own kind of separate thing. And then later on, I wouldn't necessarily, even if they might technically like be on another list, I wouldn't dedicate a lot of space to Han or Luke or Leia later. Um, but they really pushed to make sure it was more complete. I think that was the right decision in the end. Um, that you know, Because if someone was only looking at one list at a time and wasn't devouring this massive book all at once, mm-hmm. it it makes more sense that each list kind of stand on their own. So I'm, I'm glad they, they ultimately made that call. Um, it, but again, it, it added more like the list just they they get pretty long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think, I think the shortest list in the whole book might be five or six items. Um, mm. and, but even and I then, felt bad about that one, but it's all, it's five or six items, right? Like, like that's a ton. Um, and there's descriptive content that goes with each of them. There is. Yeah. You kind of got to say like, yeah, where, what's the story and, uh, where did it kind of come from? Uh, so yeah, it, it turned out to be a lot. Yeah. I think for me, when I was, when you said like the shortest list actually like counterintuitively for me, I felt like the shortest list was also kind of one of the funniest ones as well, which is the list of things about which 3PO is worried. (laughs) And they yeah. didn't necessarily, that one didn't have like descriptions because there were so yeah. many of them, but it was just the laundry list of all the things <laughs> was awesome. And just, yeah, I thought that was rather hysterical. That one was done on purpose that way. Yeah. Cause every list like before and after it tended to have so much. And I said, you know what, on this one, the, the dramatic effect is that you go, oh my, yes. right? Like look at all the <laughs> stuff that he's scared about. And you can only do that if you just rattle them off. And that one, I don't know what it was. Is it 20 or something? I like, it's a lot. It is a um, lot. It's two columns worth. Yeah. On, we, on we, one did, page. Yeah. we did hold back on that. And that's another one where like story group and the editorial team is able to even add some more in. Um, and yeah, that, that ended up being one of my favorites. Um, and yeah, it only works when you kind of have that freedom to kind of mix up the, the format a little bit as you go. Right. It is also just since you touched on the the 
the conundrum of having to deal with you know a mountain of information and also the visual design and so forth it is a beautiful book and i think it's like 225 pages or, or close to it it's probably an even number to be honest with you but yeah um maybe it's just because of the pdf i was looking <laughs> at <laughs> as my advanced thing but um it this may be a different process considering the way that the book was developed but can you speak to how a book like this goes through its review stages like once you have you come up with an outline in this particular case is it um your publisher or also lucasfilm story group looking at even at the outline level and saying yes this is it or i guess basically the question i'm looking for is you know at what points does story group get involved in the process and what does that look like yeah, uh, it's a team sport for sure. Mm-hmm. So there's me writing it, um, and sort of at every stage then, I have an editor at Cordo, or Becker and Mayer, the publisher, mm-hmm. and then um, there's the Lucasfilm editorial team, so a, a group of editors that sit there, and then in addition to them, there's also um, multiple members of the story group who wow. will give feedback as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think maybe the hardest thing to write about this book was the acknowledgements because there's so many people. Um, but the, the process kind of started with first, we came up with the list of lists mm-hmm. and then they came back and they asked for all the items on each list. So we filled that in and they give another review there and more feedback and that kind of thing. Uh, then I write it and, um, my editors make it look way better. Uh, and make it sound way better. And uh, then it, I, I believe at that point it goes in again, just all as text form. So this whole time it's been nothing but a Word document. Mm. Um, and then once that is approved, then it goes to design. And uh, again, at Becker and Mayer, they've got these amazing designers who turn a Word document into the book you see. And they're going through and they're doing the painstaking work of identifying images, um, probably hundreds probably thousands of images, I would say, safely. Uh, just yeah, I for would say book. so. Yeah, absolutely. Based on the yeah. size of the book, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then there's a pass, you know, just in like layout and getting those images in. And then even just the simple things like um, putting the sort of image uh, identifiers in there, right? So like image A and putting the little A so you know that that's, that's who it's really. Like, that sort of like little stuff I don't even have to do. Um, and it's just painstaking sort of work. At that point, it probably goes again for another review. Mm. Um, and then depending on, you know, what changes are needed, there there may be even more from there. So it's um, it's a long process, I'd say, of everybody. I, I may have amongst the shortest amount of time in that process. Uh, okay. um, but again, I'm just writing a, a Word document. Um, you know, I, I don't have to worry about a lot of the other pieces. <laughs> so... Of all the lists that you did, and you know, if it would be amazing if you actually had all of them off the top of your head. I'm not assuming that you do, but are there ones that stand out as having been um, most, you know, entertaining for you to do, or even most challenging for you to do? Yeah, um, I mean, there are some entertaining ones. Like, I'll tell you one that kind of was near the bottom of the list. I wasn't sure if it was going to make it. Uh, but when it did, I'm glad it did. And that was all of the Skywalker Saga scrolls, right? Uh, so the, the big yeah. yellow text, right? Yeah, yeah. I wanted all of those basically on one page. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, you never see them like that, right? They, they play at the beginning of the film and then you watch a whole movie and then, you know, later you may come back to it and you may watch the next one, but you never see them back to back to back like that. And there are some interesting sort of parallels and interesting choices they've made as to, you know, what, which words they make all capital. Mm -hmm. There's things like that. And to see that all in one place turned out to be sort of delightful. Um, and I, I just didn't think it would be that cool. And it turned out way better than I thought it would. Um, the lost limbs spread. So, you know, a common, <laughs> common theme in star Wars is somebody's going to lose an arm or something. Right. Yep. Um, that one was in there seemingly from the very beginning. In fact, I think back in 2016, there was a, there was a sort of like demo, um, couple of spreads that we, we just did to like show, uh, either Lucasfilm or, or potential, uh, you know, publishers, that kind of thing. And, um, that was in there from the very beginning. Now we had to add more. So it actually got tight, right? We had to like kind of tighten it up because in the, in the years, you know, kind of rogue one and beyond, we got a lot more limbs got cut off. Um, (laughs) and that one at one point was, uh, up for debate as to whether or not it was too much. Like, is it appropriate to have, like, is it too violent perhaps? Oh, interesting. And, and I kind of, my stance was, well, if it's not too violent to be in every single Star Wars movie, I think we're fine, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, let's not hide. It's not like I made this stuff up. It's not like I, you know, all I did was put it on one page. Mm-hmm. Like, it was all there all along. So I'm glad we kept that. Um, but it, it's sort of an interesting discussion. Uh, and it might have been, of all the lists, maybe the, the only one that really had a ton of discussion. I'd say, um, you know, Lucasfilm, I, my experience working with them is they're, incredibly open to ideas and kind of whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was certainly the case here. So that one, I'm glad we made it in. Um, I've been talking about this one a lot, but I, I thought it was kind of silly. And I for sure thought somebody would tell me, no, that it was too obscure, but there's a spread in there about Warwick Davis, who of yes. course played wicked, the Ewok yes. and every character that he's played over the years, whose name begins with W. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of them. And in fact, there's more of them than I even realized because I got the notes back uh, on the outline. And I think I had some additional notes from Leland Chi, mm-hmm. uh, the Keeper of the Holocron. And he's, he had additional characters I didn't even know that Warwick had played um, who began with W. So that was really cool that uh, some of those could, could be in there. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that's like so obscure. Right. Like mm-hmm. in the same book where we're covering off like Luke Skywalker is a hero and and Princess Leia is very brave. We also get to cover Warwick Davis and his characters that begin with W. So I think there's a little bit of something for everybody. I'm glad that one that one survived. I agree. Yeah, I'm yeah, I feel the same way. I think you've you know adequately stated exactly one of the charms of the book that it does serve as a great introductory with particularly those opening spreads about Luke and about Leia and about Han and it, it definitely brings you in but it also has some really deep trivia stuff and I did not realize that Warwick Davis was in as many and also like multiple characters within each movie and so just the from the trivia aspect of things and I I really enjoy that stuff myself like that I think was really very fun. So um, I'm glad that one was in there for sure. <laughs> yeah. So what else would you say that you learned about Star Wars as a result of doing this? I mean, and that's kind of a crazy question to ask someone like you who has written, as you said, a dozen or more or a baker's dozen of encyclopedic Star Wars books. Like, is there 
anything more for you to learn <laughs> at this point? Yeah, I'd say 90 or more percent of this book was a brain dump. Really? Uh, I, okay, I wrote yeah. the vast majority of this in a notebook. I, I keep little moleskin notebooks. I'm sort of religious about mm -hmm. writing in those. Um, and I just like, it was all from top of head memory and I was able to write in a week, week and a half. Um, the one that ended up being the hardest and the one that ha actually required like real research was one about the largest um, filming spaces, like the largest film sets. Yeah. And that one was a little hard because you had to go back and like make sure that it was true in some cases. <laughs> so like in my head when I put that in the outline, I was thinking like, oh, well, there was the Empire stage at Elstree Studio that they built for the Empire Strikes Back. And it was the one where they put the giant like Millennium Falcon in mm -hmm. and would just change all the scenes around it, right? So one day it was Echo Base on Hoth and then they come and redress it around the Falcon uh, to be Cloud City or whatever. Um, I'm like, okay, that's great. Well, then I had to come up with more for that list and especially the more recent stuff. So on the original trilogy films, and in most cases the prequels, we have a lot of behind-the-scenes documentation about right. those, right? And that stuff tends to come years after the film comes out. We kind of look back and we, we celebrate those, those older films and we have that information. We don't have that yet for most of the newer films. Um, there's a little bit for Solo, but um, I just didn't have a lot to go off of. And in, in one of the cases, I got the note back from... Uh, from story group, maybe it was Pablo. And he said, uh, like Kajimi is one of these sets. I'm like, Oh really? Like, I don't, I don't know. It just looks like any other set to me, but turns out that was like a 360 set. Like every, every side of Kajimi was, was built. And so they could shoot just almost like it was a real place. And like they were on location. Um, and I had no clue. So having to go back and kind of learn some of those and even having to dig and like look up, on the industry websites, like, well, how large is the stage where they, <laughs> they filmed the duel with Kylo and Ray against the uh, Snoke's guards? Mm -hmm. like, I, that, I mean, that looks big. Yeah. Is it big? And it I'm getting enormous. there like, yeah. yeah, trying to understand like, okay, which stage do they shoot on? And uh, how what's the, the square footage? Uh, and just trying to piece it all together. So that one was something I just couldn't do off the, the, the top of my head. Yeah, and that does make a lot of sense. I was just recently trying to collect the filming locations for The Rise of Skywalker and was shocked at the lack of information about the filming locations. I was thinking to myself, they couldn't have done this mostly on set, but it seems like between you know Pinewood Studios and between the back lot like where they built the Kajimi set, like that's really where most of what they did, and also, I guess, Black Park in England, too. But yeah. And, you know, I think they were going to Jordan and things like that. But yeah, I, I think we're going to learn more about that stuff years from now. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that, that's it's just sort of the cadence of when behind the scenes and making of books tend to happen now is um, when there's some space from it, you know, mm -hmm. and they can bring back a lot of those the players who were part of the making of. And uh, so, yeah, someday we'll learn even more and I'll be kicking myself like, oh, man, wouldn't it have been great to put that in the book. But well, Someday. I, I got to tell you, after having read the book of lists, I find it to be an incredibly complete book. And I I think it's going to be a perfect standalone. And I understand what you mean about, yeah, oh, I wish I could have included that if I had only known. But honestly, it is a terrific standalone book. And I think it is going to stand the test of time, at least until we get a new movie in 2022. And then I guess we'll have to get the updated book of lists. <laughs> well, they know where to find me. That. 
Yes. Yeah, if they want to do that, I'm I'm right here. Uh, yeah, we'll see. You know, someday, maybe after another 40 years or so, we'll uh, we'll do a 400-page version of this thing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, don't hurt yourself. But, yeah, it, it, it that's the, the beauty of Star Wars, right, is it's, mm-hmm. it's sort of never-ending. And yeah. we always get to keep coming back to it. And um, no one's ever really gone. And no no book is ever truly complete. But we sure try. <laughs> um yeah, as, as best we possibly can is to, to capture what it is today. Yeah, you did a fantastic job. Cole Horton, author of the Star Wars Book of Lists. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. I really appreciate it. Anytime. Star Wars 7 by 7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2020 by Star Wars 7 by 7 We hope you love it.